please won't you be my neighbor? Those of y'all that were here week one, you saw me go back there. Y'all thought I was about to do it again. <laughs> I did the whole bit uh, in week one of Won't You Be My Neighbor. The message was simply called, Who Is My Neighbor? That was week one, and yes, I did have the Mr. Rogers sweater. Yes, I did do the song. If you want to see it, it's on Instagram, and it's on TikTok somewhere. It's got like 20,000 views, no big deal. (laughs) Follow me on TikTok, Trevor.Ashley. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Man, uh, no, but seriously, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And um, it, was a great, it was a great time. And I, it was an important message for me because we told the story at the very end. You remember the story of Agnes, who was the prostitute, right? And at, at 3.30 in the morning, this pastor throws a party for her. And, and we looked at the scripture of the Good Samaritan and how the priest and the Levite walked right by the guy that was bloodied on the side of the road that had been robbed. And yet, who was the one that stopped? It was the Samaritan. The man who should have actually hated the guy that was down there on the side of the road. And yet he was the one that stopped and took time to be a neighbor to him, bandaged him, paid for his stay at a hotel and made sure that he was completely taken care of. And culturally, those guys should not have gotten along. And yet he was the neighbor. And that was just a great, great day. And then uh, last week, we talked about a little something different. It was called Party at My Place. Party at My Place. We talked about how uh, I love to party, but also Jesus loves to party too. If you didn't know that, go back and watch it. Also, another thing I want to let you guys know about, we just uh, did this, I think last week. We actually have the uh, Radical Church podcast now. So every message that I've ever preached here at Radical Church is on Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can go uh, listen to those on the go while you're running, while you're at work, uh, wherever you are procrastinating. Come on now. So go ahead and do that. And, um, but yeah, it's party at my place. We talked about hospitality, what that looks like. Jesus was at the wedding at Cana and his mama said, hey, they ran out of wine. So come on, Jesus, do something about it. All right. And then he ends up turning water into wine and he was a very hospitable person. And actually uh, he honored his mother. He wasn't even ready to do his first miracle, but his mama asked him to. So he said, okay, sounds good. Mama's out there. You know, if you tell your son to do something like he going to do it, right? Especially giving the eyes, right? That's what we talked about. She just, she didn't even address him. She just said, Mm-hmm. And he just did it, right? So he honored his mom in that and was hospitable, but he hung out with people uh, that most of society would say, you shouldn't hang out with those people. You shouldn't have parties with those people. You shouldn't be eating with those people. You shouldn't be drinking with those people. You shouldn't have a good time with them because they're lesser than you. And yet Jesus said, you know what? If I'm gonna be a good neighbor to the world, I'm gonna show what it looks like to love God and love your neighbor. Man, I gotta hang out with everybody and I gotta be a light to my community, be a light to people around me. And today, We're talking about how to Halloween, right? Because obviously it's Halloween. I said before, we might as well just talk about it. We're already here. So uh, what do you think of Halloween? That's my first question for you. What do you think of when you think of Halloween? Most of you would think of what? I mean, skeletons, probably. Dancing skeletons, you know, looking all funky. Maybe some ghosts, some ghouls, some scary stories, you know, bonfires, different things like that. And then all the kids in the house, uh, all the kids over in Rad Kids, you all know what they're thinking about. They're thinking about candy. That's what they want. They just want some candy. Fill that bucket up and let's eat some candy. How many of y'all parents uh, were at the fall festival yesterday and you've already taken all of the candy away from your kids and you're like, this is for me and my wife. You know what I'm talking about? This is ours now, okay? My buddy Steven, he actually posted, I think it was on Facebook, he said, how much, what was it? It's like, how much candy is okay to take away from your kids? Like, at what percentage level is it all right to take away from them for yourselves, you know? 
I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, but I remember growing up when my brother and I were kids, my brother just turned 32 the other day, Thad man's in the back. Come on now, happy birthday. But when we were kids, we would go trick-or-treating with our parents and neighborhood friends and different things like that. And we would dress up in all different kinds of outfits. And like the good pastor that I am, I have pictures for you guys. Come on now. So uh, the first picture I have for you today is my brother and I dressed up as a puppy and a doctor. I think that's one that's on the screen. I can't see it down here, but puppy and a doctor, uh, completely unrelated, not very a cohesive thing there. So mom, dad, I don't know what you guys were really thinking there. Uh, doesn't really work together very well. Uh, anytime a puppy goes to a doctor, it's usually not a good thing. So I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking there. The next one we have is Batman and Robin. Hopefully you see that one up there. Batman and Robin, much better job, a lot more cohesive this time, guys. Great job. Me and my brother decided to work together on that one. We weren't going to hate each other that day. We were going to work together, weren't we now? Come on. Uh, I like that. And then the next one is a lion and a cowboy. Lion and cowboy. Let me see. Is this the one? Is this the one right here? Oh, no, the other one showed my big old ears. Okay, I had some big ears when I was a kid, y'all. I'm not even kidding. Goodness gracious. All right. My wife says that I had to grow into them. You know, I, ended, I was real short for a long time. I had to grow up into my ears because they were massive. Let's go back to the one, the, the first one. Where's the one with the big old ears? You see that? Where are they at? <laughs> see what I'm saying? I'm just trusting it's there. But it's, anyway, okay, let's go to the last one, uh, me laying on the ground. Now, this one... Uh, it, it kind of looks like my brother is poaching. And <laughs> Does it not? Do you have a permit? He had a permit, he said. <laughs> it looks like he's poaching in Africa right now. Goodness gracious. Come on now. That's messed up, guys. I don't really know what was going on there. But uh, when I was uh, older, much older than that, I decided to live with my buddy Stephen, who I was just talking about. And we lived in an apartment together for six months. And we decided around, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving time to do a Friendsgiving. And what's something that you do and what's very, something that's very associated with Halloween would be pumpkins, right? It's a very normal thing to be associated with that. And so we decided to carve some pumpkins with our friends. And it was an absolute blast. But like the college kids that we were, we didn't really clean up after ourselves. And so we left them on the back porch on the concrete. Not for a week, not for two weeks, probably about three to four months, I think we left them there. Have you ever done that before? Hopefully not. Yeah, exactly. Don't. It's bad. We were horrible, horrible, horrible tenants. Okay, anyway, we left them there for months. These pumpkins, when we try, we had to move out, right? We're trying to get our deposit back. Very, very difficult for a college kid, okay? Try to get our deposit back. And so we said, listen, we got to do something about these pumpkins out there. We got to get these things up. We tried to just pick them up and, and they just like mushy fell apart on us. And it was the worst smell I have ever smelled. It was terrible. And so we actually had to like scrape them off of the concrete. And there these big old orange stains that were now on the concrete that I guarantee you are still there at that apartment complex today because no amount of soap or water was going to get those stains off of there. We tried for all day long to get that off of there. It was horrible. But, you know, we have some great memories when it comes to Halloween, probably, when it comes to fall festivals and things of that nature. Maybe you grew up in a house that was anti-Halloween. Anti. Don't come near me, Halloween. Stay away from it. It's evil. The demons will get you, right? You know what I'm talking about? You grew up in that kind of house. How many of you grew up in that household? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I see you in the back. I see you. A couple of you guys. Okay. All right. 
Some of you grew up in houses that were all for it, man. Like, we're going to go all out. We're going to watch the scary movies. You are scarred as a kid because your parents let you watch some horror film and you had nightmares for days and days afterwards. And then your parents are like, why did we do that? But the next year you did the same thing. You know what I mean? So, but you guys love it. You're absolutely into it. You do the decorations. You do the trick-or-treating. You go to the haunted houses, all of that stuff. My nephew went to a haunted house for the first time yesterday. Bad idea. That kid is about six years old. Apparently did not go well. Uh, I think we could have expected that. We could have expected that one, uh, but it didn't go well. So at least, you know, he's not ever going to have to go again. and It'll be great. So, um, but, but some of you grew up in, in that. I think most of us, though, especially if you grew up in a semi-Christian household, kind of going to church, you grew up somewhere in the in-between, right? Maybe you weren't all out for Halloween, but maybe you weren't anti-Halloween necessarily, but you would have done something like we did yesterday, otherwise known as the Fall Festival, the Fall Fest, Trunk or Treat, whatever you want to call it. You do something that is like, you know what? We're not celebrating Halloween. It's like we're doing our own thing. The Christians are doing our own thing, right? But that's what I grew up doing as well. And I just want to say, who was at the Fall Fest yesterday? Were you there? My goodness, was it not awesome? It was crazy cool. I just want to take a second to thank every single volunteer that made that thing happen. If you're online or here, yeah, give it up for him for sure. It was amazing. We couldn't have done it without you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I grew up going to fall festivals. I loved them. I went to a non-denominational church, which is like fall festival central, right? Come on. And it was never quite a Halloween celebration, um, but it was just kind of a fun way to enjoy the day with our church family, right? And everyone thinks of something different, though, when they think of Halloween, whether good or bad. But not everybody's, I think, clear on the history of Halloween, how it came about, and so the title of the message is How to Halloween, and we're going to start off with a little bit of a history lesson about Halloween. You guys good? We ready to go? Come on, we're going to class today, all right? So many people think that Halloween is an evil pagan holiday that should never be celebrated whatsoever, right? It's evil. Um, and you shouldn't touch it with the 10-foot pole, right? But that's not entirely the case when you actually look at the history of Halloween. It all started with Soen. You spell it S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but you pronounce it Soen in Irish. It's a little bit different uh, in Scottish. But this ancient festival was a three-day festival, a three-day event uh, by the Celts in Northern Europe. And if you translate it into modern Irish, Soen means summer's end. That's really what it means. So the festival literally signaled the end of summer and the beginning of a new season. Originally, Soen stemmed from pagan and supernatural roots. It did through sacrifice and offerings. And they would have these very supernatural kind of things. And this is where the pagan side of this kind of comes in. And they would celebrate the lives of the dead. Now, this is actually not necessarily a anti-God thing. Because if you look all throughout scripture and you look all throughout Christian history, they also celebrated the lives of the dead that had gone before. They celebrated the martyrs. They celebrated the saints, the people that had gone before. So this is not necessarily a completely pagan thing, but the way they went about it, for sure, had some elements of witchcraft, occult, things like that, all right? So throughout the centuries, Soen continued in mutated forms until about 609, when Pope Boniface IV declared a new celebration. Initially, he created All Saints Day, otherwise known as All Hallows Day. We're getting there, right? to be celebrated before the summer. And this day focused on celebrating the martyrs and the saints who sacrificed 
their lives for the Christian faith. So this was kind of another way to celebrate those martyrs and those people that had gone before, all right? This was the Christian version now. And so later, Gregory III moved the Christian holiday, All Saints Day, from May 13th to November 1st to replace the pagan rituals on October 31st and November 1st. So they said, you know what? Instead of celebrating at a different time, let's move it right up against that pagan holiday and let's take it over. Basically, it's kind of what I feel like they were doing, okay? And so um, sowing sacrifices morphed into something else. And the day before All Hallows Day and All Saints Day continued its evolution and eventually another day began to be celebrated, and it was the day before All Hallows Day, and it became known as All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. So that's how we get there, all right? Uh, and they, they changed, instead of doing these offerings and sacrifices and different things like that, they, they stopped doing that, and then now they were handing out a different kind of an offering in a sense, and it was candy. That's how we get the modern day candy. It wasn't always like that. It's actually a very modern institution when it comes to Halloween. So, with all that in mind, Halloween definitely contains some roots in a pagan celebration of death and rebirth. So should Christians really celebrate Halloween in any way, in any shape, in any form? And I think most of the debate surrounding it is that Halloween focuses uh, very unhealthily and has this big fascination with evil, right? I think that's a very obvious thing. When you see all the marketing campaigns, you see all the movies that come out, there are movies actually titled Halloween, right? And it is just nasty, horrible movies. It's, it's not that great. Maybe you watched it and you know it's blood and gore and all this stuff, okay? And there are definitely some elements in a lot of these movies that are based in the demonic, that are based in the occult, that are based in witchcraft. So are there things about Halloween that are clearly anti-Christian? Yes, absolutely. I think that's pretty obvious for anybody to see. But is there anything inherently evil about letting your kids dress up as a cheerleader or a superhero and asking for candy from neighbors. Not necessarily, right? And so I think that's where most of us lie is somewhere in this in-between of like, well, what do I really think about this? Maybe you've never really thought about it before. Maybe you've just kind of grown up in the household you've grown up in and you just kind of did whatever your parents did and you've never really given a second thought about it. And that's really what I want us to do is have this conversation today to at least, you know what, let's figure out what do you believe about this? What do we think about this? And how should we respond as Christians to Halloween? So I think if Christians are going to take part in Halloween, you have to do it and we need to do it in a way that honors God and shares his love with others. Amen? If you're going to do anything in life, what are we to do? We are to honor God, love God, and love our neighbor. That's what we've been talking about this whole series. How do we love our neighbor and love God well? So we need to do so in a way that honors God and shares his love with others. So the question is, can there be a Christian Halloween? Can there be a version of Halloween where Christians can celebrate without honoring its pagan roots? And, and there's three responses that people normally will have when it comes to Halloween. Um, and, and we've already kind of gone through them in a sense in, in the, our memories, but I want to give some language to it so it makes a little bit more sense for us all. We're going to have three terms here. The first response is rejection. The first response is rejection. Completely rejecting the holiday as pagan, as evil, we're going to stay away from it, okay? We're just going to completely stay away from it. And that's understandable, right? Because of the pagan roots that it comes from and, and some of those witchcraft things, you know, we're just going to completely stay away from it. And then there's the complete opposite, which would be acceptance, which is enjoying the holiday, celebrating it fully, going to the haunted houses, watching all the movies, you know, and sometimes maybe that goes too far the opposite direction. 
And the Bible does talk a lot about staying away from the appearance of evil, staying away from evil things, staying away from demonic influence and all that, and opening your door, opening doors up to demonic influence. So I completely understand how that might be not a good thing either, right? But there's the third thing that I want to talk about today, and this is where I land more often than not. And I know a lot of people kind of land in this category. And I'd like to put some language around it, though. And the third response is redemption. Third response is redemption. And what does that mean? Can we redeem the holiday to mean something more than the pagan roots? How can we celebrate Jesus and neighbor well today, right now, this evening, as you have kids coming up to your door and walking around the street? How can we celebrate Jesus and neighbor the people that are around us well on a day like Halloween? I want to illustrate it with two stories from the Bible, okay? Two stories. The first one is about a donkey. And if you know this story, it's hilarious, all right? So Numbers 22, 27 through 28, I'm going to read it to you. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, I'm just going to read this little tiny part. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, there was an angel in front of this man, Balaam, and his donkey. It laid down under Balaam. Balaam's angry and beat it with his staff. And then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me three times? He shreked him, you know what I'm saying? Like, he straight up went Shrek on him. <laughs> what have I done to you to make you beat me three times? I mean, this is, it, he, you got to imagine, what was Balaam thinking right now? This donkey's talking to me right now, okay? There was an angel that was in front of him. The Lord opens up this donkey's mouth to speak to Balaam. I think that is hilarious. It's one of the weirdest stories in the Bible, Okay. Um, but let's go to the, the next story. Another story is in Genesis 37. You know this one. It's a young boy named Joseph. His father loved him very much. He gave him a coat of many colors. He was the favorite out of all of them. How many of you are the favorite in your family? Raise your hand. You know that you're the favorite. Don't lie. Don't lie. What's up? What's up? What's up? I see the favorites here today. Okay. A young boy, Joseph, was the favorite, and he was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous. They didn't like him. Uh, then... He gets falsely accused of rape by a lady. He's put into prison. But then he's redeemed after he interprets a dream for the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh in Egypt puts him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. He is now second in command in all of Egypt. Years later, his brothers come back needing food during a famine. And I love what Joseph does. Joseph just messes with them for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He messes with them because they don't recognize him. It has been years. But Joseph recognizes them because these are the dudes that put me in a hole, right? They put me into slavery. So he recognizes them. They're coming and they're saying, hey, we need some food for our family. We live a long way away. And Joseph is just messing with them for a while, just toying with them a little bit. And then finally, he reveals himself as the brother that they sold into slavery years ago. Now, obviously, These brothers are afraid for their lives because Joseph's second in command in Egypt, he could have them killed immediately if he wanted to for what they did to him. But how he responds to their apologies is what I think that maybe we could apply here today. And I want us to really listen to this verse right here, Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And the point is, sometimes what man might mean for evil, God can redeem for good. Amen? God can redeem anything. 
He can redeem the most evil of people. He can take the worst of the worst person that you have ever met in your life that you say, there's no way that they're ever gonna find Jesus. There's no way that they could turn their life around. You know what? God can flip their life around in an instant and they could become a follower of Christ and completely be transformed inside and out. Aren't you grateful that God has transformed you and transformed me? God can use any person, any situation, and any holiday to bring himself glory, and I believe even Halloween. Because if God can use a donkey to speak a word to Balaam, and if God can use an evil Pharaoh to save Joseph and his people from starving, I think God can certainly use Halloween to bring him glory. And in fact, I actually think it really makes Satan mad. I think it makes Satan real mad. When we turn something that was meant originally for evil and we turn it into something that glorifies and honors God, amen? It makes him so angry because you know what? That's exactly what he did with you and me. It's exactly what God has done with us. We were inherently evil. The Bible says that we are actually opposed to God and yet God has redeemed us He's redeemed you and redeemed me, and now we're in a relationship with God. Even though we were far from him, the Bible says that we were all sinners and we have all fallen short of the glory of God, and yet God has transformed your heart. He has transformed your mind. He has made you into a new creation. That's what the Bible says, that we were against God, but he has changed us from the inside out. Come on, I need somebody to give him praise on this place today. If he's changed you from the inside out. This is what God does with us as people, as humans. So why could he not use a person, a tradition, a holiday, any situation to bring himself glory? The Bible says that God can work all things out for good. So how do we think about Halloween then? We gotta kinda come back to that, right? How do we think about it? Not sure about it still, that's cool, I understand. And I think when it comes to a lot of things in life, they're not in the Bible. Like, you don't see the word, thou shalt not celebrate Halloween, or, you know, thou shalt do this in regards to Halloween. That word is not going to be in the Bible at all. And so what do you have to do when it comes to those things? You have to use your conscience. You have to use scripture. You have to use different scriptures to piece some things together and say, hey, what do you think that God thinks about this? And a lot of people have different opinions. They come to different conclusions about Halloween. To be honest, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians real quick to show you why I say that. I'm going to read this to you, but it's the last verse that I really want us to pay attention to. 1 Corinthians 10, 23-31. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever's put in front of you, without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, don't eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and also for the sake of conscience. I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another person's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced? Because of something I thank God for. So whatever you eat or drink, this is it, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What does this passage mean? There were some things that in Jewish culture they were not allowed to eat. These meats were considered unclean. And yet here in this passage we see, you know what? They're trying to wrestle with, are these things clean? Are they unclean? 
And in scripture, there's actually a place that talks about the fact that some things might be a sin for you that are not a sin for other people. Did you know that? God actually treats us differently. <gasps> he does? No. He treats you differently than he treats somebody else. If you think that something is a sin, let's say if you believe that celebrating Halloween is a sin and you should not do it, and then you go out and celebrate Halloween, you know what you just did? You just sinned against God. Why? Because you violated your own conscience and now you're actually in a place of disobedience to God because you believed that what you're doing was a sin and the fact that you believed it and you did it anyway means that you are now in disobedience to God, right? But if you don't believe that it's a sin and you celebrate it, it's all good because you didn't believe it, right? Now, there are some things that you can't just say, well, I don't believe that murdering someone's a sin and I did that. You know, it's like, no, 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 listen. Come on, all right? Like, shall we keep sinning so that grace may abound? Absolutely not. That's what scripture says, okay? So there's limits to this. But there's some gray areas, okay? And I think Halloween might be one of those things. Some people are gonna come to one conclusion. Some people are gonna come to another conclusion. But you know what we can do? If you're gonna celebrate it, do it for God. If you're not gonna celebrate it, do that for God too. You can do both of those things for God. And this is how I want to, I want to take some practical steps for each and every one of us. As we think about Halloween and what you're doing this evening, right? What are we doing tonight as we hang out with friends and family? We see kids going around. What, am, what are we going to do? What am I going to do when it comes to Halloween, right? How can I be a good neighbor tonight as we celebrate or don't celebrate Halloween? I'm going to give you some real practical steps and things that I would think about. The first thing that you can do is an easy one, and that is Give out some candy to some kids tonight. Come on now. Give some candy to some kids. Be a light in your community. Be a light in your neighborhood. Turn on your light. <laughs> you like that? Be a light in your community. Seriously. What did Jesus say when it came to little children? He said, let the little children come to me. Let them come. Let them come and sit in my feet. You know, let them come into my household. Let them come and, and yeah, I'll give them some candy. I'll, I'll bless them. I'll love on them, right? I'm going to share some Jesus with some kids, right? Like, get some candy. That's the least thing you can do. If you don't want to celebrate Halloween, that's fine. But you know what? You could get a bucket of candy and give some candy out for, you know, 45 minutes and then turn your light off, you know? Like, try something. Do anything, right, to, to welcome people into your household, into your community. How much more like Jesus would we be if we turned on the light in our community and welcomed people? Everybody else right around us, maybe that aren't Christians, and they're turning on their lights, and they're welcoming people into their households, and they're welcoming kids up to their doors, and yet the Christians are all going to turn off our lights and say, oh, don't come here. That doesn't seem very Christ-like, right? Get some, get some candy out. Be a light in your community. That's one thing you could do if you want to, even if you're celebrating it, not celebrating it. It doesn't matter. Second thing you could do is go out in the neighborhood and walk around. Walk around with some neighbors. Whether you let your kids trick-or-treat, whether you're single, you're in high school, you, you're married, you ain't got no kids— Get outside and go take a walk. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood to meet somebody and to make a friend. It's a beautiful day to get out and say hello to somebody. It's a beautiful day like we talked about in week one to go across the street, literally and figuratively. Get across the street. Talk to somebody that you normally wouldn't. Talk to somebody that doesn't look like you. Talk to somebody that's got a different color skin. Talk to somebody that you know is a Democrat or a Republican and you're not, right? Talk to somebody that you know thinks differently about you. Talk to the person that has that kid that annoys you all the time. Talk to them, you know, talk to anybody and make a friend and share the love of Jesus with somebody today. 
A third thing you can do is host a family-friendly party tonight. It might be too late, but you know what? I'm going to say, you can just gather, text them all right after church. Say, hey, we're going to have a party tonight. We're going to make some food. We're going to have a good time. We talked about being a good neighbor means bringing people over, right? Jesus constantly ate and drank with people, constantly, all the time. Bring some people over. And what I think that does is that changes the narrative. It changes the narrative that Christians are boring, that Christians aren't fun, that we can't have a good time, that we're stuck up and in our religion and all this stuff, we're hypocritical, all that. No, 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 change the narrative and let your neighbors know and let people know, hey, Christians know how to have a good time. Why? Because we have the hope of the joy of Jesus living within us. We have God's spirit living within us. Christians should be the most fun people in the entire world, amen? Why? Because we have God within us. We have the hope of Jesus. We know that the hope of glory is Jesus and that he died on the cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. And we have an eternal life waiting for us on the other side of this end of eternity, right? So, man, we should be so much fun. Flip the script, change the narrative. And as well, you know what you do when you bring people over to your house? As you set the tone, right? You set the pace, you set the environment and the atmosphere. When you bring people into your home, you get to decide how we're doing this, right? So if you don't wanna celebrate Halloween the way that other people celebrate it, you know what? Bring them to your place then and celebrate it the way that you wanna celebrate it. Celebrate it the way that you feel in your conscience that you can celebrate and have a great time with people, right? The next one is, Flip the script. Now I'm really about to make some people angry today. This is going to be great, all right? I'm at the very end of the sermon, I'm about to make some people angry. I shouldn't have done that. I should have made y'all angry earlier and then figured out. Okay, anyway. So flip the script. Most people don't think about this, but Christmas and Easter have a lot of pagan roots as well. Yet we don't talk about that. It's like Halloween is evil. Don't do it. What about Christmas and Easter? You know all the stuff that happened with that? As a matter of fact, Jesus, they think, was born somewhere in the summer, and yet they moved it into December to coincide with a pagan holiday, right? Easter has a lot of, uh, uh, Easter has a lot, not as much, I think, as Christmas maybe, but it definitely has some pagan roots as well. You, what does a Christmas tree have to do with Jesus? The presents, the gifts? What does the Easter bunny and the eggs and all that stuff, does that have anything to do with Jesus' resurrection? Absolutely not, but you know what we did? We redeemed those holidays and we made them all about Jesus. You know what? The whole world knows Christmas and Easter is about Jesus now, right? Amen? That's what we did with those. So why can't we do the same with Halloween? Let's redeem this holiday and make it about Christ. Amen? Come on now. Let's go. Let's redeem it. Make it about Jesus too. And the last thing I have for you today is whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Come on, everybody stand up in this place today. Do it for the glory of God. I, there's, there's no crazy altar call here today, okay? I, I just want to end off this series with this. This is so important. Whatever you choose to do tonight, whatever party you go to, whatever you know, trick-or-treating you do or don't do, it doesn't really matter to me, all right? We have grace for, for whatever, whatever everybody wants to do here, okay? People are going to do different things. That's totally fine. But whatever you do, make sure that it honors God because Halloween is a great opportunity to display obedience and faithfulness to God. Amen? So let's be good neighbors in our community. We've talked the last three weeks about being a neighbor. We've talked about what does that look like to get out and meet other people and not be so concerned about the church bubble, not be so concerned about the four walls of church and, and what we do right here, right now on a Sunday morning. Why don't we think about the people that are out there that are hurting? Why don't we think about the people that are out there that, that are dying without the knowledge of Jesus? Why don't we go just be a neighbor to somebody that we know is not a Christian, 
Why is that so hard for some of us sometimes? When you go out into Walmart, when you go to get your groceries, we talked about even sometimes I'll go in instead of doing the curbside pickup, go in so that you can have the opportunity for God to move. Go in so that you can actually meet somebody. Go across the street, invite somebody over to your house. Be a good neighbor, right? Because Jesus was an amazing neighbor to everybody around him. Everywhere that Jesus went and every home that Jesus walked into, it was always better when he was there, amen? So let's be the Jesus in our community be the Jesus in your friend group. And literally, you might be the only Jesus that somebody ever knows in your neighborhood. So let's show them what it looks like to live like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day today. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you have helped us over these last three weeks to know what it looks like to be a neighbor. Even this fall festival that we had yesterday where so many kids were just having such a blast and having a great time. Jesus, we know that you said, let the little children come to me. And so, Father, tonight, would you help us to represent you well and and let the little kids come to us. And, God, that we would just give high fives and fist bumps and speaking words of encouragement over our own children, speaking words of encouragement over other children, and speaking words of life over the people in our community. God, we pray for our community right now, for Plum Creek here. We pray for Negley Elementary, for every kid that goes to this school. Father, I pray blessings over them right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every person that's here, the community that they represent, the neighborhood that they live in, the apartment complex that they're in right now. Lord, I pray that you would give them a heart and a burden for those people. Right now, by your Holy Spirit, give them a burden for the people that are next to them. Don't let us keep the light to ourselves, but Father, Help us to turn on our light in our neighborhood and in our communities so that people can see what it really looks like to be a Christian. So people can really see what it looks like. So they can really see you. That they wouldn't think that we're these hypocritical, judgmental jerks, but that they would see that being a Christian is fun. And you know, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's difficult, but God, you know what? We're gonna have so much fun in this life. Why? Because we have you on our side. And we know when you're on our side, ain't nothing can stand against us, God. And so no matter what happens to us, we know that we're gonna be all right because we have you with us. So Father, help us to share that hope with other people. Help us to share that joy with other people tonight and every day. Father, I thank you that you bless this church so much. I pray a blessing over every family. In Jesus' name, everybody said.